This is Kimberly Rice, and you are tuned into the Secret Sauce Marketing Tasting Show, the groundbreaking podcast for business bosses, professional women, and anyone who is hungry to learn how to create the career, business, and life of their dreams by charting their own course. share just the, the, the creds on Miss Janet Falk, um, who's joining us today. She is a professional communications professional with more than 25 years of experience in-house and at various public relations agencies. Janet advises attorneys at small law firms and solo practices uh, on media relations and marketing communications to attract new clients um, build and remain top of mind um, with as well as with inactive clients and um, contacts. Uh, she teaches her clients how to keep in touch with referral sources, um, to use PR as a recruiting tool, and, and I guess one of the highlights is to generate news stories that puts pressure on opposing counsel to achieve her business or their business goals. Um, as an expert in the field, Janet leads workshops on all these topics uh, and advises on web um, media relations, website, LinkedIn profiles um, for legal and non-legal industry trade publications, among many other areas. Uh, and so in short, she knows what she's talking about and is a recognized expert. So we're just delighted to have you um, to spend some time with us today. So first of all, um, Janet, why don't you tell me, uh, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself um, and what led you to um, a path in PR? Well, that's a very interesting question, Kimberly, because I do have an eclectic background. I have a PhD in Spanish literature and taught at the college level for several years. And when it became clear to me that I would not get tenure at my particular university, I decided to look into other opportunities. I studied in an executive MBA type program at New York University, where I learned accounting, finance, marketing, corporate strategy, and career development. And from there, you would not believe it, but I became a securities analyst on Wall Street. So instead of reading Spanish literature, I was reading financial statements and close textual analysis. The same rules apply regardless of the content. And in writing up reports about what I thought a company might do and how its stock might perform, I often spoke with investor relations professionals. And I realized with my analytical skills and my speaking and my writing uh, techniques, I could be that investment investor relations professional. So I took another course and that was on investor relations and networking led me to a job at a public relations agency. From there, I've worked with various public relations agencies. And as you say, I've worked on staff at Wall Street firms. And my last full-time job was at an agency whose principal client was one of the AMLA 50. Uh, that job sadly ended with the financial crisis of December 2008. So since then, I've been on my own. Uh, what I really enjoy about my work, work with attorneys is that they always have something interesting to say. They have their finger on the pulse of the market, whatever market that is. So it might be real estate, it might be corporate 
protections. It might be something in TNA. Uh, it might be sexual harassment cases. And so I enjoy speaking with them and helping them to identify who is on the other side of the table and what is it that they care most about and how can I help that attorney get out in front so that they will be the source that a reporter will call when there is a question about whatever topic it is that's in the news or that people need to know more about. So having a diversified background of academia, Wall Street, law, I've also worked for nonprofits, uh, gives me a very broad base of knowledge and a very broad base of contacts and perspectives on what an issue might be and who might be affected by that particular topic. And then understanding which publications and within those publications, which reporters would be appropriate um, contacts to introduce my attorney sources to. Fascinating. <clears throat> Isn't it funny that, um, you know, as you were moving through that professional path, um, dare I say that not all of those stops were planned? Yes, that is exactly correct. Uh, from time to time, and I'm sure you've had this experience, uh, the rug gets pulled out from underneath you. And so you pick yourself up and uh, proceed and use your contacts, use your knowledge base and market yourself as a resource that other people can use. Um, I think what people respect about me is the fact that I am not limited to working in a particular area, but I make it my business to learn about the so not everybody can say, like I can, that they've worked for a membership association, they've worked for a museum, they've worked for a Wall Street firm, and they've worked with law firms. Right. Um, the diversity of background, I mean, as we're moving forward, we don't, I don't think I didn't have an appreciation um, of the growing knowledge base and how that would positively impact your choices down the road. I mean, exactly. you just don't have that crystal ball, but then having gone through all those things that were not particularly, you know, purposefully planned, then looking back and you say, oh my goodness, this is how this all comes together. Right. Right. It's just fascinating. So one of the topics that I wanted to, um, to pick up on that you mentioned <clears throat> that I think is so important because we see people and people, I mean, business owners, business executives, lawyers, le law, um, legal leaders um, is getting out in front of news or right. getting out in front of um, a news topic. Um, and we've seen so many times, um, not only in our, you know, the, the national legal community per se, um, but too much, you know, on in our social media sphere um, where people think that they can be their own best PR advocates. Um, so I'm just curious if you would share with us um, if you, if, if anybody, any of us could find ourselves in this situation, um, but the more high profile a person is, the more um, probability that it's going to, you know, blow up and go viral or whatever. But when you talk about getting out in front of a PR issue, can you expand upon what you mean exactly by that? Okay. So uh, here we are in November 
And as we know, December is a time when in every industry trade publication, they're going to talk about what were the highlights of the year and what's going to happen looking in, so to speak, the crystal ball for 2019. And this is something that comes up at this time of year, every year. And it's important to, uh, to think of what are the five or the three points that you as an observer of a particular industry or a particular practice area or a particular geography think reporters ought to pay more attention to because a lot of things are flying under the radar. So reporters call the people they know. They don't call someone that they've never heard of because why would a reporter call attorney X if they don't know what attorney X thinks about a particular topic? What I like to do at this time of year is to ask my attorney clients, my other business executive clients, to look in their crystal ball and come up with three or five points. And then I identify who are the reporters that cover that particular industry or that particular geography and say, here is attorney A who thinks that these three topics are going to be of interest in 2019 and this is what they would like to say about them. Now the reporter is dying for sources and they're very hard pressed for time. They have to publish articles often and quickly. And now I have delivered an attorney with topics who is prepared to speak on something that the reporter is inevitably, inevitably going to write about, namely what lies ahead in 2019. So by introducing this reporter in a professional way with hot topics that people in the industry will want to know more about, I have captured the reporter's attention and now the reporter will want to contact this attorney and talk about what are the issues that are coming down the pike. I wanna give an example of this. Uh, I had an attorney who was practicing in the area of technology, uh, biotech, green tech, and, and so on. And I contacted a number of reporters who were focused on the IPO market. And one of them worked for the Wall Street Journal. And she said, Janet, you will not believe this, I just got assigned this topic. When can I talk to the attorney? And so I arranged for that conversation to happen. And two days later, an article appeared in the Wall Street Journal, name of attorney, meaty quote, name of law firm. What could be better than that? Um, so coming yeah. up with an idea that is on the horizon, but flying under the radar and saying, here we are coming to the end of 2018, what are gonna be the hot topics of 2019? And professionally introducing a source to a reporter, that's the way it gets done. Exactly. And, but not everybody has ac um, access or connections at the Wall Street Journal. So for typical lawyer A, uh, what are the steps that he or she needs to take if they're truly looking to establish a national PR presence? I like to think that it's good to have a relationship, but it's also good to have a story. 
-hmm. because if you have a relationship and there's no meat on the bones of your story, then a reporter is not going to write it, even if they are your sorority sister or your fraternity brother. So you have to have a compelling story. And then you reach out to the reporter, as I say, in a professional way. So just as an example, the Wall Street Journal, it's very simple to contact the reporter. They have their byline right on the right on the news story, whatever it is that they have written about that's in your line of practice. And the address is Janet.falk at Wall Street Journal, for example. Janet.falk at WSJ.com. So that's a very easy person to identify. Um, many reporters have profiles on Twitter or on LinkedIn, and they invite people to contact them by making their email address available in those locations. So it's very easy to find reporters who are writing about the topics that your clients and your prospective clients and your referral sources are interested in because they make their email address uh, visible or they're, they're active on Twitter, or you can find them on LinkedIn. But as I say, this must be done in a professional way and not in a, hey, you, buddy, buddy kind of way. Gotcha. Absolutely. Um, so in your vast experience, what do you see, um, typically see that law firm leaders or, or lawyers' greatest PR challenges? I think it's taking the initiative. I think people uh, hold back because they're concerned about how their words might be received or manipulated and, and so on. And that's not always the case. Um, I'm working with an attorney now who was interested in a very niche litigation employment issue. And he arranged, and I arranged for him, I should say more accurately, I arranged for him to speak with a reporter at a, a niche publication. And in fact, the reporter sent me the questions by email. The attorney answered the questions by email. I polished them a little bit because they were too lawyerly and I wanted them to be accessible to a general audience. And then the email went back to the reporter. So the attorney had almost complete control of the information that was shared with the reporter. So if you think about it, it wasn't a phone interview, it was an email interview. And so there was nothing to be afraid of right. because the attorney was able to control the content of his answers. And as I say, I polished them because they couldn't be too lawyerly. They had to be accessible to a general audience. Mm -hmm. So one should not be afraid because um, not much communication takes place on the phone these days. Reporters are very busy and they're very happy to accept questions and answers through an email process. Um, so curiously, and I think that that's right, um, that lawyers don't always understand and appreciate the value and the power of engaging in public relations. Um, and similarly situated, let's talk a moment about media relations. Right. Um, because sometimes they're interconnected, but they are mm -hmm. different things. Can you tell us more about that? Well, I've given examples of um, two things that I've done working with attorneys and working with reporters. Um, what I think is important is that 
media relations is not a one-time thing. You have to continually propagate whatever it is that you have achieved. So if you are able to achieve a news story, like I was with these two examples of, you know, the IPO in the technology area and, you know, this niche employment litigation issue, you have to do more with that. There's an acronym in marketing now we call C-O-P-E, which stands for Create Once, Publish Everywhere. And that means taking that article and putting it on your website, taking that link to that article and putting it in your email signature, taking that link to that article and sharing it on social media through Twitter or um, through a newsletter that's going to go to clients. So it's not a once and done. You have to take whatever content you have achieved in your media outreach and then propagate it through other platforms. Because honestly, you don't know where a potential client or where a referral source is going to find that information. So you want to make sure that you pollinate and propagate that news story so that it can continue to work for you, not just that one time that it appeared in the publication. Because our world is just so incredibly noisy, right? We're just overwhelmed with information blasting at us 24-7. I'm sure you and I can remember a time when that wasn't so, that there was no internet, there was no email. Um, I remember as a girl, we would watch the news, the final news at the night, 10 or 11 o'clock, and then it would actually, the screen would go to white snow. (laughs) Do you remember those days? I do remember those days. Uh, (laughs) Before cable and streaming and all that, you know, it was just a much more quieter world. And now, you know, I think it's a challenge for all of us who are in communications and PR to, you know, to help our clients cut through all the noise. Right. And, and I want to bring up a point that you're raising with reference to broadcast. And that is, if a person didn't see that particular news segment at 6.17 p.m., then they missed it. And it doesn't mean that necessarily it's going to be on the WXYZ Broadcasting Network website. Not all of those segments are retained for use on the website. So it's up to the individual who was the subject of that news segment to be able to propagate it on their own. And what one can do is one can take highlights of the conversation or of the news segment and share that in the same ways that I was talking about. So you can write a little Uh, paragraph, a short squib that says highlights of the conversation on XYZ Broadcasting Network. Uh, This is what we were talking about. Um, This is why people need to know more about this. Uh, Be in touch with our office for further details. And then you can share that paragraph in the same way I just said. Put it on your LinkedIn profile, put it in your client newsletter, put it in your email signature, share it on Twitter, wherever it is that you might be broadcasting. So um, if you're interested in getting in broadcast media, which uh, many people are, understand that it almost disappears after 620. 
And so even if you were on at 617, at 620, people have moved on and you have to find another way to capture their attention. And so summarizing it and then sharing that summary is a way to keep your name in front of those people that matter most to you. Right. It's, uh, it is, um, it is quite the process. And, you know, what we find is, you know, our, our uh, reliable secret sauce is the consistent, persistent, um, I wouldn't say necessarily massive amounts of action, but certainly massive amounts of outreach uh, and being persistent with that, not only when you're pushing it out yourself, but, you know, trying to gain the, the uh, attention of uh, curators, public, ed- editors, et cetera, to help you advance that goal. Right, right. And I would point out that there's other platforms that you can use. For example, if you have been quoted in a news story or quoted in a TV segment talking about an issue, then find a way to use that to write a larger article. Find a way to use that topic to introduce yourself and get a speaking engagement, perhaps with someone in a related field or perhaps with a client who can talk about that problem, the solution that you brought, and what was the impact. So don't confine yourself to simply writing and broadcast. You know, Find ways that you can propagate it in a more uh, in a more, uh, how can I say this? Find ways that you can propagate it in a, in a broader and in-person way mm-hmm. through speaking engagement, for example. Excellent, excellent advice. Um, so speaking of broadcast and media brings us to the internet age, mm-hmm. uh, which has turned PR on its head in right. some, some respects. Um, so, you know, having lived through the quote, and I won't even say the advent of internet, it was there, it just, we didn't know it was there in the Department of Defense. But, you know, from your unique perspective, how has the internet and all things online changed and shifted um, public relations as a profession, profession and as a practical um, res- uh, marketing tool? Well, first of all, there's no such thing as privacy, right? Everything that you do, you have to consider will be seen by someone else. So anything that you say about yourself or that is said about you or a client is going to be shared somewhere along the line. Mm -hmm. So you have to consider that people seem to take informal reviews as gospel, Right. So uh, we find that that's an issue. Um, People who review professionals on Yelp or on other review sites and before the Internet, that was just, you know, word of mouth. But now you have something that can be replicated and shared, you know, beyond your control. So recognize that there is no such thing as privacy and there is no such thing as control. So you have to do what you can to monitor what is being said about you and you have to get out in front or at least counter uh, so that you make sure that your reputation is maintained. And I think that's a very big change that anyone can be an author, anyone can be a videographer, anyone can be a photographer and, uh, and say good things and bad things about you. So you have to have, I recommend to my clients that they have um, alerts set up 
so that any time that their name appears somewhere, they know where it is and, and they can address it appropriately. They can thank the person or they can respond to what's being said about them. So I would encourage uh, people listening to the podcast to think about themselves and their clients and be aware of what is being said about them in that vast echo chamber that is the internet. Absolutely. That's, that's phenomenal um, counsel there um, <clears throat> because it has changed. Um, you know, I, fr from my days of um, working in-house law firms as the PR manager um, of various firms, you know, we were, we hung on the words of the reporters and the editors to see if our stories would be accepted or if we were going to gain news coverage. And while, you know, those still have their place, you know, given all the various platforms online, um, as you said, we can curate our own content. Um, and while it's pushing out and there are many more venues than there has ever, ever been um, to have a larger mouthpiece um, for professional awareness, accomplishment, you know, wins and settlements for our clients, um, you know, good stories of the work that, you know, law, law firms are doing, lawyers are doing uh, in serving their clients. Exactly. Um, so share with us and our listeners, you know, from your um, vantage point, where do you see legal services PR evolving to in light of all these technological advances? Wow. What a heavy question, Kimberly. I know. Yeah. I, I Great. Yeah, I um, I, I'm gonna have to think a little more on that, and uh, I'm I'm sorry I can't come up with something off the top of my head. No problem, no problem whatsoever, because it's just there are things that are happening so quickly. Um, I wonder if sometimes if we're not going to have a little bit of a backlash, um, you know, disrupting business as usual, will we reach a tipping point? Um, and a retreat from social media. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think that you have to go back to the personal connection. And, um, and as I said, you have to think about who's on the other side of the table and what is it that most matters to them and how you can show that you represent a resource that can be useful to this other person. Um, and make it meaningful to them on a one-to-one -one basis. Um, you know, I often say that when you write a note to someone or you write a letter, you should start with thank you, congratulations, or the word you or the word your. And establish that personal connection so the individual will feel that this is a one-to-one -one conversation. Now, it may be on your side that this is a merge mail and this is a form letter going out but the other person doesn't know that. So I think that uh, people are going to relate more if you have uh, this kernel of a personal connection rather than feeling that they're one of many being inundated by so many stimuli, whether it's coming from you know, email or it's coming from um, you know, one of the social media platforms that is broadcasting endlessly endlessly correct as it is um that's a very that's a, a tremendous point 
Um, because oftentimes, and I see this in, the, in some of the networking workshops that we do, is people are so focused on themselves, um, just because that is the culture in which we live, um, that they kind of don't get out of their own way sometimes to look at, it's not about me. Um, and I'll relate, you know, we, you and I just did a panel a couple of nights ago for the New York County Lawyers Association on, you know, building a practice by networking ethically. And, um, you know, we talked a lot about it's not about me. It's about the person that you're speaking with, the person that you're engaging. Um, and truly, you know, it you can PR can be a tool that can tell great stories um, but, but I think they're even more powerful, and I'd like to hear your thoughts on if it's um, the story, the story is bigger than ourselves, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, um, well, when I pitch a story to a reporter, I don't want to only say you should talk to this one person about this one thing. Um, sometimes it's a good idea to put it with, together with a client or uh, somebody else who was involved in the particular situation. So then the reporter has the topic, has the attorney source, and has a related person who can corroborate and shed an additional perspective on the topic. So if you think about it, all those elements, the topic, the source, and the corroborator or the testimonialist, come wrapped up in a box with a bow. And when you've made it so easy for the reporter to have all those elements together, they're going to say yes. How can they say no right. when it's all delivered to them? Right. Excellent point. And, you know, we've, we've seen time and time again, um, you know, the world of journalism, you know, has, has not been um, spared any of the transition that we've seen given the um, onslaught and the, the building of the internet um, that so many print publications that have not adapted to the new technologies and also have a, um, um, a sister digital version uh, with a paywall if they may um, are really struggling. And, um, you know, we see reporters and editors and publishers scrambling day in and day out to kind of keep up um, with the demand of news in a 24-7 news cycle. So, you know, I tell our clients, and, and you may find that um, make it easy for the reporter to help them do their job that ultimately will help the client, um, the, the faster the level of success will likely be. Right, right. Or, or as someone once said to me, help me, help you, help me. Yeah, exactly. Right. What What do you need from me so that what you do can make me look good? Right. Right. Uh, that's really that's very uh, apropos. Um. So, Janet, um, in our last few minutes, I wanted to ask: Is there anything in particular that you would like to share? You know, something that um regarding you know Lily in the world of legal PR and working with clients on a day to day basis you know, that, they, that you see as a challenge or, you know, things that you're um, uplifted by, anything at all that, you know, you would like to give us insight into? Uh, yeah, I, I want to go back to what I said before, which is to think about who's on the other side of the table and what is it that they most care about. And you have to establish yourself 
and answer a few questions, which I may have mentioned before. The first is, why you? Why should anyone care about you? Because let's face it, there are many other people who do exactly what you do, whatever your practice area is, whatever your geography is, whatever your industry is. So, so you have to establish why you. And the second question that you have to answer is, why now? Why is this now suddenly a topic of interest? Is there a new regulation? Is there a new entrant to the market? Is there a new law? Why now? Because something has taken place in the marketplace that people need to know more about. And then the third question is, why should anyone care? Why should an individual or a corporation or a nonprofit or a business owner, why should anyone care? Because if only they knew what Kimberly knows or what Janet knows or what lawyer A knows, they would save time, save money, and make more money. And that has to drive, in my mind, everything that you do. You always have to be substantiating why you are an authoritative resource, yeah. why people should care about this now, and what is the difference that it's going to make now that they have this insight or this information that it will keep them out of trouble because they will be compliant with whatever the law is, or they will be prepared for a new entrant to the market that's going to you know, gin up competition. So I would encourage the people listening to the podcast to think about those questions and they should inform all their marketing activity of why you, why now, and how you can make other people care because they will save time, save money, and make more money by using your product or service and thereby getting ahead in the game. Awesome. Boy, if you could package that, you would be... Uh, maybe on a um, unlimited lim uh, European journey. <laughs> One can only hope. One can only hope. Right. Um, um, so our last question is a fun question. And that is, you know, we've all been around the, the track a couple of times. And we were talking about earlier about looking in the crystal ball and not realizing at the time how each of our professional experiences have come to bring us to where we are today. You know, but I'm always mindful of the folks coming behind us. Um, and so if you could give yourself, your younger self, one piece of professional advice, what would it be? Uh, I say to myself now, um, having worked with people on Wall Street who are making eight-figure salaries, people are who they are. And that's what makes them successful. And they're not going to treat you any differently just because working with you, you can help them become even more successful, right? So people are who they are, whether they're clients who have blinders on and are not aware of how they are, you know, forsaking opportunities or they are so focused on their own presence that they don't realize the impact that they're having on other people. So people are who they are and you have to meet them where they are 
and you have to find a way to take them by the hand so that you can help them achieve their success. That's wonderful. That's wonderful advice. Um, so I, I wanted to give you an opportunity to share with our listeners how they can connect with you. Of course. Uh, my website is Janet L as love Falk. So that's Janet L F as France, A L K Janet Um, I have a variety of resources that are available for the taking. Uh, one that might be of interest is I have a format called a media profile, which is a way for uh, an executive or an attorney to introduce themselves to a reporter. And the person who downloads that will find that not only is there a sample, but there's a worksheet attached to it that gives a free 30-minute consult. So I can help you figure out how it is that you might introduce yourself professionally to a reporter. And I have other eBooks and other resources which are available at JanetLFALK.com. Awesome. That, that's fantastic. That's so generous of you. Thank you so much. Um, and for our listeners, um, you know, thank you for joining us today for another episode of Secret Sauce Marketing Tastings. Um, it is always delightful to talk with discipline experts and friendly people such as Janet Falk on our various epi episodes where we give practical, concrete insights and information on how our listeners can bring, you know, build and grow and um, sustain prosperous businesses. So check it out at our, our websites at www.klamarketing.com. Um, our podcast and our growing library can be found on um, Apple, Google Play and Apple and Spotify and so many. I think there's about a dozen different platforms that we're on now um, and it continues to grow. And Janet, thank you again for your time and your expertise. It's always a pleasure to chat with you. No, I do appreciate it, Kimberly, and I will see you on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm.